Ah. The opening bell with Julian Valance and Jack Dickens. Jeez, how easy does Gareth's job get? You don't even have to introduce him. It's already in the stingers. We'll start with Jules Valance joins me. Hello, Jules. Yeah, you've got to be careful on those stingers, mate. They can get you, can't they? Oh, mate. Sneaky. They're I did, sneaky. Look, I didn't know there was one there, and I was about to they set right be. up into it, and then ding, 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 away we go. It's actually the stock market opening bell, but um, it doesn't really matter, does it? No, we'll go with it, mate. We'll take it, that's for sure. But yep. um, no, you're right. You're led with the, the right. There's plenty going on in different states, and... I think there's going to be a bit of movement, um, specifically probably in Sydney, because I think a lot of punters probably be working off a drier track, and it seems like that ain't going to be the case. So, uh, key factor here for punters is maybe just got to be really agile, and uh, we'll try and push into where the money's going. It's a big thing. Just before I get to Dicko, um, Jules, it's a big thing that that the, the normal or traditional punter doesn't really understand is that what you think you can go in at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning and what you're doing at 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, uh, you, you have to have the ability to be able to adjust, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And the unfortunate thing is people probably time poor and don't get that opportunity. But um, for those people that do have an opportunity to have a little bit of another look, you've just got to. And obviously now you're going to have to bonus some horses that probably are wet trackers that you probably thought weren't going to be right in the mix because they probably didn't have the class on a dry track. So, yeah, you have to sometimes throw it all out and start again because um, you work hard to make your money. You don't want to throw it away. Uh, let's welcome our next guest. He's just been racking up Stableford points right around the country like they're going out of fashion. Uh, he's taken down some of the biggest names, according to him, uh, in the golfing world. Dom Pike, Moses Enriquez. I mean... Uh, I reckon you slammed the door shut on Moses Enrique's uh, golf game quicker than he slammed the laptop uh, in South Africa. His name's Jack Dickens. Hello, buddy. Dicko. Hello. Jules, you should see this. I've got him on Zoom. Dicko, hello. Uh, Yeah, he's done this before. Is he there? I'll get... uh, No, he's having a drink. Anyway, we'll get to him eventually. He's just... This is scenes early. What? Why does this always happen to him? Can you just call him or text him or something and let him know that um, we're, we're actually running a radio show here? Hey, Jules, yeah. what are you? What are you most looking forward to today? Oh, I thought Rose Hill very tough. Sandown there was rain last night. I think there's money to be made at Morfordville and Eagle Farm and a couple at Ascot. Yeah, I agree. I, I, for me, um, you know, I know there's better class horses in Adelaide, but I found them really tricky. Uh, I'm really interested to see how Loco goes. I think that's a horse that I've sort of earmarked as a nice horse. So he now gets to 2,000 metres. I'm excited about him. But uh, there's a few horse, few races at Sandown. I think there's some horses that are just starting out in their uh, racehorse life. And I reckon we're going to end up seeing them some players in the spring. So hopefully they can take a really big step forward today on that path. Uh, speaking of someone that's just starting out in their racing life, uh, I speak of Jack Dickens. Dicko. <laughs> Might be ending it. I don't know. Mate, um, I, I gave you one of the great intros about taking down big names in the golfing world. Even got into Moses Enrique's laptop reference, and you weren't there to appreciate it. Based on my fault, you got to talk to the boys yeah. on the other side of the of the glass. There. How are you, I'm mate? Doing my best here. I'm just trying to zoom in. Uh, I'm good. Uh, big week, big racing this weekend, isn't it? Like, sort of got to watch all four joints properly, plus see how wide joints, and we get ready for the bull, Jules. Are you going? Yeah. No, mate. No, I um, uh, no. Business takes precedence for this one. I've sort of been the last 
however so many, that this one I'll probably miss. But uh, don't say never. I'm a half chance, maybe. This is my first one. Oh, yeah. exciting. I, saying, I, li- I lived in Hamilton and near Warrnambool and I never went. I was like, nah. You won't, sure find any, you won't find yeah. any sort of Bambi-style joints down there, Milo. Oh, God. You're not bad. You're going to get plenty of advice, Miles, on what to do and all that kind of stuff. I will say, I reckon I've probably been there to double figures, Warnable. Obviously, usually go Monday. I've never, ever made it to day three, ever. Really? Ever. Gee whiz. And I've tried and tried, but um, yeah, I always found when I went on a footy trip that I'd have the biggest night before the footy trip, and that obviously doesn't work out too well. It's a little bit similar to the bull. You would have been one of those blokes on a footy trip who was like just out by 40 lengths in the best on ground, best on trip voting, the bot award, and just could he hold on? Probably not. And someone yeah, had to just yeah. have a solid night on the final night just to eclipse you. Yeah, that's that's about how it played out, mate. I had to spend another <laughs> week there just to recover. Completely unrelated but but to racing, but I saw a guy once eat a kilo block of cheese to start footy Ooh. trip off and said... That's just going to, just to bind me up so that I'm right for the rest of the footy trip. At the start of the trip, I ate a whole kilo block of cheddar. Just Is he to still say, with us? Yeah, he's still with us. That was his tactic, just a whole kilo block of cheese, just to line it, and then away I went. Unbelievable. Hey, I've never um, heard of that sort of tactic yeah, let's, let's get stuck into it. Um, can we, We'll go to Morfordville first, if we can, and we'll start with the Australasian Oaks. Really good race. This, uh, who wants to take the new ball? Jules, do you want to kick it away? Yeah, it's an interesting race, isn't it? Because we're sort of seeing some horses, you know, running in a group one that we think, oh, are they really group one horses? But this is what happens with these three-year-old fillies that can get out to a bit of a trip. They get their opportunity. Um, Ark is a really interesting one, probably from a market perspective. She's been solid, but it also looks like there could be a crack in her. So she's a horse that probably needs, I think, more of a rain-affected track, possibly a six or a seven. We saw what she did in that 2,000-metre race and then quickly backed up and started equal favourite in a in an ATC Oaks. Now, that's the right form line for an Australasian Oaks. Absolutely it is. But this track is probably going to be drying out by the time that they run race nine. So yep. the market sees a little bit of a hole in her. So if you like her, I don't think you need to dive into the $4.80. I think you're going to get $5, $5.50 plus about her. Um but it's really even across the board. I mean, she's fit. Six fifty-seven dollars seems really short. I think you're going to get much better about her. She's possibly got a massive crack in her that she probably starts double figures. So you no need to sort of get involved there. I think Jenny Lala probably is a little bit similar. I think you're going to get eight dollars plus about it. And so, what are the horses that have firmed up? Well, running on time, really good support for this horse. That's a solid push for her. Um, a fair savoir, bit of support for that horse as well. Uh, and even, you know, Party Princess sort of holding its price, it could possibly start single figures. So there's a bit happening here, Miles and Dicko, um, and still plenty to happen as well when we get to this race nine, because I think we're probably on a dry surface. But I think there's holes in a few at the top, and they're supporting horses like Running on Time and a, fa- a Fair Savoir. Uh, Dicko, yeah, the, 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 the track's th- going to be key info to how the market moves late in this race. I think the other, I completely agree everything Jules has mentioned. The other thing I would say is the 14 Wakamana. Uh, I reckon it'll not drift. It won't steam, but it won't drift. Um, here's what Dave Eustace had to say about each of the Oaks runners. I've, this is a, a race here that, like being in South Australia, is you could always find value in an Oaks. And I mean, it's not that long ago, I, I kept reminding people where uh, Media Award uh, helped me with the quality there at 71 bucks. 
Um, this is a race where you've got to go like value. You can play three or four horses, Jenny Lala, as time goes by. And I think you're going to get prices about them right until the jump. This is what Dave Eustace had to say about all of their Oaks runners. There really is not a lot between them as probably last weekend. Sort of show there are three three-year-old fillies all on the up and going the right way. So I'd probably side with Jenny Lala with the gate. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're a very even bunch. Uh, said they're pretty even. And uh, I tend to agree, really. Very even bunch. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I might want side with Jenny Lala. <laughs> hey, um, I love Dave. He's just the best. Hey, um, Ripper. He's a, honestly a ripper. He's so generous with his time with us. Hey, uh, uh, Chairman Stakes, do you want to touch on it? Dick, I'll kick, you can kick the chairmans away. Um, it's a good race. It's, it's the same sort of theory, though, isn't it? There's a fresh horse here that the market wants to be with, but how short does it go? Um, I don't think it'll it'll touch three dollars, Jules, at all. That's loco. It's the fresh horse versus zero, who's like you know is going to stay. Uh, it's been up for a while. Um, I think it'll it'll start with a three in front of it. It'll revolve around those two predominantly. Um, that's about all I've got to be honest. I, I'm fascinated what they do with Red Sun Sensation, who I think can win, and I think would be the one outside of those two that they come for. Yeah, he's solid enough, Red Sensation, isn't he? He's sort of got that feel that um, probably starts single figures. So if you can get $11, I think that's probably a little bit of an overcome the times these barriers open. Look, you, you want to focus on... You, you're right here, Dicko. I mean, Loco is solid as a rock if you wanted to see uh, what was happening from a market perspective about the favourite blinkers on first time, gets to 2,000 metres, good draw, D Oliver. There's no knock from a market perspective. Solid as a rock. I will say to zero, he's got a, just a feeling that I reckon it probably drifts. So if you like Cezero in this race and you're seeing 3.23.30, just no need to bet now. I think that's a horse that you're going to get better on. I'm not saying you're going to get four bucks plus, but I feel like it could start with the four in front. So I will say you're going to get better than 3.23.30 about Cezero at some stage from now until opening time. Uh, it, it's. Did you make much of that Cezero run where they, they sort of said, oh, sort of the run was impeded um, up there at... Ramwick and it sort of didn't have clear air and then only got going late. It was a really odd run race out on that heavy deck. Major Bill, I know virtual circle was massive, but did you take much out of that, Jules, the fact that it sort of got held up just after the turn? Um, look, it's always something you've got to factor in when you're doing the form. I sort of take more into the fact that it's sort of been here, there and everywhere. So now they've got to reload again and, and you go, we speak about it a lot when horses go from one grand final to the next grand final, like big, genuine group one races, and they find it hard to do it. So that filters all the way down uh, through the horse population. So it's going to be a good training performance to get this horse to peak uh, and try and win this race. So um, a bit in it, but yeah, I'm more worried about, you know, where it's been it, travelling. It's just, it's going to be the one that drifts if they come for the Moody horse. Because, like, the last time this horse won a race was at Maui, and then it's gone around at 26 41 and $41. So, this is a softer race, but it's a it's a horse that's, like, been up forever, blah, blah, blah. It, it'll be the one that they take on if they come for the Moody horse, Red Sun Sensation. A couple of others I want to mention at Morfordville before we get to our first break. Race number four, uh... Number nine, the Sherpa. Uh, money on here, Jules, nice and early. And th- this is, well, this is close enough to my best of the day there at Morfordville. And I think that opened around about $2.40 into $1.95 already. 
punters with you here, mate. So that's a positive push. That look, I don't look. I think at some stage you might get black figures, but you're not going to be getting 240, 250 unless something horrific happens with how it parades. Uh, it's really solid in the market. We speak about this a lot with Gareth. You know, these Saturday markets, the Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, one market within the other market, and it was solidly backed as you mentioned, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and now the bigger guys can have a crack today, and they don't want to really. Um, be letting this horse drift too much. So that's a positive push if you like that horse. Um, yeah, market's with you. Dicko, any I, thoughts I'd say there? take the 210 now if you want to, if yep. you haven't. And, and the only other one I want to mention in the breeder stakes is heuristic. And I found this fascinating. Opened at $2.25, out the gate, out to $2.70. And there seems to be money for Treasureway. Um, and that's been heavily, heavily backed. Um, opened around about fours into $2.90. Jules, I'll start with you. Look, Treasureway, you don't often see records of horses like this. Five starts for five thirds. It's like it's like a Tom Melbourne bridesmaid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they see this like it's that clear favourite. The way I can see this market moving with Williams on, it looks like it's the one that they want to be with. As you've mentioned, um, heuristic. If you like it, I think it starts with the three three in front. I'm not suggesting it can't win or it can win, but I'm just talking from a market perspective. Heuristic starts with the three in front. I think Treasureway starts clear favourite, and I will say good support for causation. Again, this is a horse that sort of you can get double figures out there. I don't think the double figures probably. Um, might last too much longer. So it seems to me there'll be a flip from what the price went up Wednesday afternoon to what will happen when the barriers open. Treasure way, the way I can see it, it goes starts favourite. 100% agree. Everything Jules has said. Oh, well, that makes it easy um, for agreeing with each other. Good start to the Saturday, I think. I think also key here, right? Treasure was in race one, Sandown, or race five, or he was in a race at Sandown. Yep. So. Like the market, sometimes you just want to wait and see where they're going before you bet, and that's a, that's a factor in this betting as well. We turn our attention on the opening bell up to Eagle Farm. Good racing up there, and uh, we're going to have a look at race number eight, the Channel 7 Victory Stakes. Uh, I had a chat to Jamie Walter yesterday. This is what he had to say on uh, the Proven Thoroughbreds Galloper in Private Eye, and then, Jules, I'll, uh, I'll get your thoughts on the market here. Yeah, look, the horse is in great order and I can report he's arrived safe and sound in Brisbane overnight. So uh, he's he's in great shape and is uh, drawn beautifully, as you mentioned, in a race that's a drop in grade from what he's been meeting in his last few starts. Uh, beautifully in at weight for age, really. This is a horse that might have found its race here. It, I had a chat to, to, um, to Jamie Walter, Jules, and I said... That new market run, wrong part of the track. And he said, we went against history, I think. First up with a big weight. He said, um, we, we made a mistake. And you don't often hear teams say that. And they said, we made a mistake thinking we could win it uh, first up. But, um, gee, was, well, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised by the little drift in the market here with Private Eye. Yeah, you're right. Um, he's a serious horse. I mean, he's done those some big numbers. His number up at Flemington Strait, which wasn't in a group one, was uh, enormous. And, you know, he deserves to be clear-cut favourite in this race. What I will say is, you're right, he's soft. You $2.40, $2.50, $2.60 out there, you're going to get better. So you don't need to bet now. That's my advice. You're going to get a better price. Now, why can I be sort of so definitive on that? Well, there's enough horses that are the middle pinners here or the horses that are bigger price that the market's sort of half-siding with. So... Um, no knock 
Paul Laley at the price double figures. Ross Fire, whether you say he was disappointing first up, maybe, but the market's trending towards him again. Rock solid at $5. Don't even know if that price lasts. King of Sparta, we know what he can do. He's sort of solid enough at seven fifty, but I think he's probably one that trips back out. And Prince of Boom, who was really good, and I think Dicko identified first up as a, a horse you can sort of follow with a bit of confidence. Even though the market here says $5.50 out to $8.50, and this is important for the punters to understand. So you look at that and you go, oh, this is a drifter. But this is when we talk about markets from Wednesday to Friday and then Saturday. Bigger guys are playing now, and they don't want Prince of Boom to be sort of $8.50, $9 at all, and I think he's going to continue to firm back in to possibly that original price that he was sort of Wednesday, Thursday, Prince of Boom. So, um, yeah, there's enough support around Private Eye to suggest you're going to get better than the 240, 250 punter. It's a great race. So there's like the, the Queensland angle, which is Prince of Boom versus Rothfire. Uh, Prince of Boom gets three more kilos for, for beating Rothfire. And, and the SP is about the same. Rothfire Jules is like a horse that the big boys just love. Like mm. more often than not, he's a he's a gentle little little steam in a good race. And I think it's going to be the same story again today. Um, I, I reckon the big boys later will just decide: Do I like the Queensland form, second up form, fit form, or do I want these classy horses that wait for age from from Sydney? I mean, you you cannot knock Private Eye. There's no way to knock it. It's got a gun rider. It's going to get back onto a good track. It comes out of what everyone is saying is the best sprinting form in the country, uh, and it's drawn really well. So um, to my eye, Paul, um, Private Eye win, but I'm fascinated to see what the market does. I anticipate support for both the Queenslanders, Rothfire and uh, Prince of Boom. Is there an element here, uh, like Rothfire, great point by you, Dico. He always gets supported, but is there an element here of that, that, the locals just love backing this thing. They love backing this thing. Like when and Robbie Heathcote goes around and he says, "Oh, the horse, the horse is flying," and oh, I'm like, "He like, you know, they're a punting stable." Um, there's always mail around for Rothfire. He's always flying well. Like they're just, it doesn't matter what price his horse is. He always gets back, Jules. A couple of yeah, things that'll help. Oh, sorry, just no. You go, to go, go for it, mate. A couple of things that'll help, and and what is like. Like Jules's point to Paul Ailey's, I think, right again. It'll be supported because there's Paul Ailey, Rothfire, Baller. They have track and trip form. Now, Eagle Farm's a unique track, and track and trip form is high, high value to, to big players. So, like, that's, an, that's a chink in, in the private eye um, setup. It's also a chink in the Prince of Boom setup. He's performed at the track, but not at the track and trip Prince of Boom, but... They know that Rothfire will handle legal farm. Jules? Just, yeah, just getting back with Rothfire, um, Miles, you make a really good point that, yeah, he continually gets back, no matter what race. So this is what happens with the big guys that have the numbers and they spit out, you know, these prices. They're still, still hanging on to this horse's run, which is a long time ago as a three-year-old in the run to the rose, and then he started a really short price at the golden rose. Now, we know lots of things have happened since then, and obviously... You know, they've tinkered with their numbers a little bit, but they're still hanging on to that massive number that this horse had the capability to do. And that's why they don't ever let this horse get around as a big price in whatever race he's in, because they can still think, hey, this horse has done this before. He's been there. He's done it. And that's where sometimes there's an edge for the punters out there going, well, I know that this horse is actually not ever going to get back to that. We've seen it before with horses, even last week, a horse like Ayrton, big numbers in early in its career. And now we know it can't do that. But the market still gravitates towards them, these bigger guys, because they're going, 
well, he's done it before and we're worried that if he does it again, he'll blow him away. That's the difference between punters who sort of sometimes can go, no, nah, this horse is gone, and the bigger guys, they're still relying on their data. There's Especially one... if you hone in on your own area, your own jurisdiction, your little pool of horses, right? They're, they've got a sheet that's spitting out numbers for every horse that's running in Australia today. So you've got a little bit of an edge if you do the work. Um, there's a horse that's getting under the market's guard here um, that I think's a genuine challenger to Private Eye, and that's a case of you. This is a two-time Group 1 winner overseas. This is a horse that came um, and had its first run in Australia at Mooney Valley in a Matacado and was two and a half off Imperatries in Bella Nipatina. Now It was, it was good that yeah, night. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm massive on, like, Mooney Valley, that's a big cross. Like, like, like if you go Mooney Valley, like, first run in Australia, you're like, there's got to be improvement coming out of this. First run... Mooney the Bella Nipatina form clearly stacked up. I mean, that was it was enormous in the Quokka going to WA against some really good horses like Amelia's Jewel and the like. This is a horse that I, I'm surprised. I, I think because of that international form, I'm surprised a little bit that after what we've seen with some of these other internationals recently here, that this hasn't been more supported, Jules. They don't know what to do. This is a horse casing point. They actually don't know what to do with a horse like this. And we've seen that in the past with a few of these other ones in Sydney over the last month and a half. We've sort of been speaking that the market just doesn't really know. They've got the numbers sort of in internationals. They've seen it here once or twice. Maybe it wasn't suited or whatever. I mean, clearly, if they thought this horse was no good, they'd be spinning this out and be 20 to 1 right now. So it's showing that they uh, trusted a little bit but they just don't know what to do. So, again, last 10, 15 minutes, always really interesting with the internationals because you've got a really good guide. And I can't really honestly say which way it goes. It could possibly start 17 bucks clearly, but it could also be solid as a rock and start $7. So can't really get a guide on what I'm seeing right now, Miles, at the moment, but I agree 100% with what you're saying. Dicko, any thoughts yeah, on you that? Can't, well, I couldn't disagree with you at all. It's Mark Zara off, Ben Thompson on, but Ben Thompson's Eagle Farms, that's probably good. I don't know, I don't know, I don't bet there, but I'd assume he's like efficient at Eagle Farm. Jigsaw comes out of that race, won well on Saturday. Um you can't knock it. It was held up at four hundred. Um, you know, big camp. Also, Price Kent probably uh, in a bit of a lull, which is a positive for me. I love catching these guys when they come back. They also just bob in the ocean and go back to their level. So when they're way above their strike rate, they're going to come back down. And when they're below it, they're going to come back up. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, though. I'm with, I'm with Jules. Uh, let's turn our attention to the Queensland Guineas. I, I can't believe the drift of this. I, I, it's This staggers me. Uh, Jimmy Ormond's even on record saying this horse will be very hard to beat. He didn't get the ride. He's riding the vows in this race. He rode Cavalica last start. My mail is that he's not happy he's not riding it here, uh, and he knows um, that this horse will be hard to beat. He pretty much got off it um, not that long ago and, and declared it um, for a derby. Uh, uh, this horse, um, Cavalica, in the last in the Queensland Guineas, the drift here, honestly, this defies everything that I know about the game, Jules. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think um, there's enough support around him to suggest that, yeah, you're going to get even better than the two thirty, two dollars forty. So my advice to you, Miles, would be just continue to hold, keep your powder dry, mate, because you're going to get a better price. I mean, good support, Brosman. He looks like he's going to start in single figures. Really good support, the Vows. Um, he continues to trim up. And then there's either other horses like Waytac. There's a bit of support for that horse. Um, can't really knock anything from a 
market perspective, the fortune teller, although there possibly is a crack in it and it probably drifts back out. But, yeah, I don't know where they end up from what price uh, this horse ends up getting to. Miles and Dicko might be able to shed a little bit more light. But, yeah, you know, 210 Wednesday, now 230. I can see it getting to at least six to four. How far they really want to push it, the, the bookies on course and the operators online, how far they want to push it. But you're going to get better than what you get right now. Dicko, you, you won't be getting better at Baggy, I tell you. I'm scared of this horse. I think it will win. Um, also, Jules, Tapple Doodle Doo's been uh, steady too. It's one of the roughies they like. Um, I. That's what you were doing on the golf gonna... course during the week. <laughs> so I was saying to Pat, mate, just calm down, just tap it in. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think it'll drift slightly a little bit more, like 250 is biggest price it'll get to, though. I, I just don't see it getting too much bigger. Who's going to want to take it on? I don't get it. I don't see it. And um, I think we've just seen a little bit of specking because they've got their MBLs in nice and early there in Queensland as well, Jules. Um, yep. So I, I don't think you're going to get $3, for example. No way. Um, I'd wait a little bit, then I'd pull the trigger if you haven't already. Jules? Yeah, as I said, I'm not 100% sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's a wall of drifter too, which is even more scary. Yeah, I just wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if if we we do get close to $3 come jump time. So, um, as I said, I think for the punters out there, there's no need to play right now. Just wait and see, and then if you see it sort of, you know, tightening back up, then it might be time to, to pounce. But just wait and see because I don't think there's any prizes for backing it right now. I reckon you'll miss, miss a little bit of an edge. Well, I, I, I don't often make mistakes um, and I'll put my hand up. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't happen very often. But, but I, I, when this horse opened, I, I spread, I text a few and I said, go and, pl- go and have a piece, please. And I've made a blue here. I, I, I thought this was going to have Katsu-like support that I was going to get the 220s and this thing's going to start at $1.65. Like... I'm. I can't believe I got it this wrong. Hey, if life was easy, mate, everyone would be good at it. The positive thing for you, mate, is if it wins, it doesn't matter. <laughs> now, if it loses, then obviously you're in a bit of trouble. But oh. uh, usually, you bet to win a certain amount, and so it doesn't really matter when they win. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens here, Miles. Let's turn our attention to Sandown Anzac Day Stakes, God's uh, Carpet, God, the God's Cut. It, out of all tracks in Australia, the two tracks, well, this is the best track statistically that I go at. Do you love it? Yeah, I, love, I love both Sandowns yep. and Flemington. They're my two favourites. Yeah, I, I'm, I love Sandown. I love punting there. And the Anzac Day Stakes, um, heavy support here for the Moody Runner. Jules in Legacies, number seven. Seen a little bit of a nibble for a couple of others, but uh, I expected a little bit more for Arizona Activist, which was a horse that... That, that I thought um, may have got, I know it's had some, but may have got more. But how are you seeing the market here? This Legacies has been, yeah, well, essentially this morning has copped another bit of a hiding, really, sort of yeah, 310 into 280. Yeah, solid. So a really good push if you like Legacies. The market's with you, so that's good. This horse you spoke about, Arizona Activist, is probably the whole. I think it's going to get better than $5. Again, that's not suggesting these horses can't win or lose. It's just saying, hey, let's just hold off a little bit. And if you like it, back it closer to the jump. You're going to get a better price. You're going to get more value for your money. Um, same about Electrona. Whatever price it is now, $8, $8.50, it's going to probably start double that. So again, if you like it, just hold off. It's going to be double figures for sure. But pretty solid uh, here, Legacies. And I can't really push you in. And even like Chill the Krug, sort of 
burned up $7 into $5.50. I think you'll see it get back out to that $6.57. So if you missed it, I think I'd be holding off. You'll get that price again. The only one you could probably say is a middle pinner, Mr. Vane. Uh, $10, $11. I reckon it might tighten up and, and start clear single figures, Mr. Bain. Dicko, quickly before I, we'll I break and come back with the rest for Sandow. Completely agree with everything. Keener than it. Jules is keen. I'm even keen than Miss Darwin. I thought if it had a senior rider on it, it'd be $7 right now. I think it will start single figures and is a bet. What's wrong with Higo? The big boys won't gravitate to him price-wise. Fair. Turn our attention on the opening bell to Sandown. Now the anniversary Vars. Um... Cardinal Gem, interesting run of this. A lot of mail around this morning. Um, typical of uh, of a Saturday morning here in Sandown. They went the old Geordie Childs double. Um, what are you making of the market here, Jules? A little bit of support. I know there was money um, for horses like Lady of Honour. Uh, and I expected a little bit more of a spec for Flash R. Yeah, it's a really interesting one here. So probably... 45 minutes ago, if we spoke about this race, I would have said Cardinal Gems really soft and probably starts with the floor in front, but really good ground side in the last 20 minutes. So positives are doing this show live. That, exact um, same solid. setup, Jules, as Pinstripe the other week. Yeah, really solid. I think Sandown, with this, probably a little bit more rain than we expected to be on this soft six. Um, I think forward of midfield is going to be an advantage. This is where this horse sits inside gate. Jay Childs, there's some big factors there. Um, and horses that you thought, okay, if they have support for, then Cardinal Gem will drift. Well, this hasn't happened. Cherry Tortoni starts double figures. So that's what's going to happen there. It looks like Crosshaven, they're spitting it out, probably needs a really bone-dry track. King Magnus first up, you might see some sport, absolutely none. Starts $20 plus. We'll say a little bit of specking for Buffalo River. Best on soft tracks, rolls forward, that's a plus. And also Lady of Honor sits forward as well, a bit of support there. But... Um, no, Cardinal Gems are really solid. If you're keen on it, the market's with you now. And I wouldn't have said that 45 minutes ago. Dicko? The other horse is Flash R. That's that's probably, if you like it, take the 20s right now. Uh, other than that, completely agree, Jules. Hey, uh, uh, can we have a quick look at the St. Ledger? Um, Midnight Glow, a little bit of support. I'm, I'm down the... I expected more for uh, old winning bid. I know the support came early, but expected more this morning, Jules. Yeah, no, but I think it'll come again. I think probably tops and tails here. Um, Midnight Glow, solid as a rock, can't find a hole whatsoever at the moment from a market perspective. And winning bid, I think, yeah, don't be too worried about that. I think that's 550. I don't think you're going to be getting $7, $8 about it. Um, I think it might tighten back up. I can't see really any other support for some other horses, really. Um, Highland Hill starts double figures. Uh, nothing else really I can push in. Musgrave, a little bit of support there, but again, I think it gets much bigger. Kentucky Knicks probably going to be holding its price, but again, might possibly drift. So what's it mean? It's going to be Midnight Glow, and I think the bottom one. Deco. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Midnight Glow will start sort of below 250. I think it's just so obvious and so easy to find and just a box-ticking exercise for it. Kentucky Nick, I'm surprised it's drifting. I don't think it gets to a stupid price, uh, but if you like it, which you're entitled to, I'd just wait a little bit. Glad I got the early winning bid. I thought the even money for uh, to place for that horse was just ridiculous. Um, mm. Let's go. I want to uh, have a quick look here at Katsu in race six. Now, uh, if you got on at the open, good luck to you and well done. Uh, and it's just continued and continued to get supported. Uh 
Last night, you saw another go. And then again this morning, Jules, they, they just keep going again. Where is, where's the floor for Katsu? It's, to be honest, mate, it could be twos on. That, that what we're seeing is we want to see, okay, is there anything else in this market that the punters want to be with? Especially a horse now that's in this, into this $1.75, $1.80 price range. You go, okay, well, they've got to be backing something else. They are not. Everything else here looks like it will drift. For pseudo, $7, going to get much bigger. Uh, KGB, I think you'll get bigger about it. Uh, Field of Flutes, the same. Like, as I continue, South of Houston was the other one at $7. It looks like it's going to be double figures. So what's that mean? When the percentage comes down, it's going to continue to go into Katsu. So, you know, we might be looking at this. It was a big go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as you said. might be a big go, a dollar eighty into, say, $1.50 come break, uh, the barriers opening. It's just an avalanche, to be honest. Dicko, when you see a horse like this, where, the, the big boys, if they go right, there's one out and a standout. Like, when, when do they pull up here? Like, like if you're seeing twos into eighty, into you know, close enough to what is it? Some places even dollar seventy now. Where do you pull up and go? Right, that's enough. They're just going to be betting to win what they bet to win, and the way it's moved, I'd say they've done it. <laughs> like, I don't know how much shorter it'll go because I. Like it looks to me, and particular joints that are shorter than others are where sort of, you know, they will take the bigger bets from the bigger guys. Um, I'd say it'll start like a dollar sixty-five. So if you need to have it again, or you haven't had it, you could. Um, but like, yeah, Jules has nailed it again. Like, there's nothing here that looks like. Well, there's another one they kind of like, and they might come for it. It just looks like it's one-way traffic. Looks like the anchor for many, many a multi around the country. Is there anything else at Sandown? I'll start with you, Jules, that you wanted to touch on before we might go around the grounds or get some best bets or something? Yeah, it's a really interesting horse in the last race. Come over from Perth and was outstanding, winning first up, called Cara Lee Rocks. But it looks like sort of that $3, $3.10, but they're betting a few around it, including Cuban Link, who's sort of first up. I found that a significant move yep. if you sort of want to follow the market. But Carly Rocks is going to have to go back, take the medicine, and probably be in the three-wide running line, and maybe that's not going to be the way this track plays out. So really fascinated to see what Carly Rocks does because if he can win this race against the pattern that I think is going to happen... You're going to see this horse as a major spring player. I think she's very, very good. Dicko, I had... completely agree though. Like it Sorry. and also Party for One Jewels, both were good, are good, and both won't be suited. I'm, I'm firm yeah. this will be on pace suited today. Um, if that is what happens, you'd think they have to soften and it'll just give more merit to either if they could win. I think both have good chances. Race one, the three Prinzero, uh, is I've, I've backed it. Uh, I think it'll roll forward and lead and get every possible. I can't figure out what they're going to do with it late, though, because it's it's an unraced conveyance. Uh, it's much bigger, the exchange, right now. Um, I think I'll start with like, sort of 250, and I think it's a good way to kick off your day. Uh, currently, Rock's good horse followed it for some time, but uh, from 15 and its pattern, um, I, I just shopped the overs with Party for One, Cuban Link, and Star of Chaos, so... Uh, hoping uh, it goes under. I'm joined by Huey Fitzpatrick. Morning to you, Huey. Boys, how are we? Great show as always. Hey, um, great question that you had off air and, and you've jumped on to ask the boys about it. We, we talk about big boys a lot, but you wanted to ask the, yeah. the fellas to explain something. Yeah, this one might be better for you, Jules. So the text line's been blown up. We often refer to the, the big boys stepping in late in terms of punting. So just make it for the layman terms. Who are the big boys? Like, you know, it's... 
Miles Betzelot, is he a big, considered the big boy? Is Terry Leighton in Perth, you know? So just explain to the listeners, who, who are the big boys in punting? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're not going to give names away. No, of course, <laughs> no, of course, not, of course not. No, 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 I want names and addresses, Jules, if you can. <laughs> yeah, so there's just there's big teams out there that are professional teams that um, obviously more or less control the market. So they they play with every corp. They obviously have a betting. They can only get on to win a certain amount, the NBLs, but they heavily play... Um, obviously, some play through the totes. One of the, the biggest guys probably plays through the totes and, and gets you know some favours there. And there's other big guys that you know play through Betfair and want to have that liquidity right at the death. So that's why they're playing. They'll play early, absolutely. They'll knock the prices into shape how they want it, and then they'll play right at the death through whether it be Betfair or the totes, whatever they want to do. So they're big professional data teams who have huge numbers of staff, have a huge turnover. And they really do dominate the market and, and what ends up happening. Uh, and as I say, they don't get it right every time. Some of them win at a really good clip and some just sort of have a high turnover model and just win at sort of 3 4%. But that's enough to, you know, buy houses in, in very good places in the world. So um, <laughs> Multiple. it's a fascinating game, absolutely. As much as we love watching horse racing, sometimes it's just as good watching these markets. It, it's not uh, like from a perspective, especially getting on early, they, they can spread, uh, can't they, boys? Like how... You know, TOBs get yeah, hit, like prices on, on get knocked off. and On a Wednesday afternoon when they can get on, they're, they're still like operating heavily like every single race, greyhounds, trots on a Wednesday. So they're not like just focused on a Saturday's racing on a Wednesday. So um, when they get to it, they take the price if they want the price. But um, yeah, they're, they're a proper like functioning business that bets with multiple people operating. Yeah, and there's num- there's not just one of them, there's numerous like there's, yeah, there's multiple there's, groups. Yeah, multiple. And they've, they've, um, they change their behaviour. Some obviously love to bet early and that's where they get a lot of their money and, and then obviously play late as well. But some actually are now changing their behaviour because they don't see much of a positivity in their uh, win-loss record by playing early. So they actually play at the death and sort of you know play, play through a little bit of what's going on in Betfair and sort of knock off the price when it's starting to to cascade down. So it's really interesting seeing these bigger guys that we sort of respected when I was back at Sportsbet now change their behaviour and, and sort of play off Betfair a lot more in the last five, six minutes. It's, it's really interesting. I, uh, I need best bets from both of you, please. Jules, I'll kick it away with you, my friend. Yeah, tough day, but I'm, I think the market's telling me I'm wrong here. But in Sandown Race 9, I'm really keen on Mega Mia. Just thought it might be able to be ready third up, 1,400 on the min, settle in the first five or six. And I'm... Uh, conversely, the reason why I'm sort of my lay of the day at false catch is going to be Cardinal Gem. The market's telling me I'm very wrong, but I'll go down with the ship swinging. Uh, will be best price, Cardinal Gem. And that's why you're the skipper. Hey, uh, Dicko, what have you got? I like Mega Mia as well. Um, but really? my best today, yeah. Right, you line up on your best bets. It's good. Uh, my best, race one, number three, Prince Zero. Going to get something out of the five, She Light, which will drift. And I'm going to lay the two... Liberal. I'm just going to lay everything else in that race. I'm going to lay horses all day, do my best, and uh, try not to go broke. You're laying Katsu? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Jules, appreciate your time this morning, Jules. You're a star, and thanks for the tips at the bull. Good luck, mate. Go well. <laughs> Jules Vallance there. He's a jet. Hey, Dicko, as are you, especially on the golf course. You're a burglar. Get get to the chemist, get your driver's license out, get the proper Sudafeds day and nights, make sure you pump them throughout the carnival and you'll survive. <laughs> Thank you, Dicko. We'll chat again soon. Bye for now.